everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It's May 18th. It's 2021, and we have 14 baseball games to talk about on today's slate. Riding solo today. It feels like forever since I've talked baseball or even talked in the podcast. So appreciate Grant filling in for me. Sorry about the internet issues on Friday, and um, you know, glad to be back. And um, rocking here, 14 games, a lot to talk about, a lot to get through. So before we jump in, if you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to our sponsor, Superdraft.com. Love what they're doing over there on Superdraft. Multipliers instead of salary caps so you can play anybody and whoever you want. Use promo code GRINDERS for a deposit bonus um or instant deposit of 50 bucks and um a deposit bonus up to five fifty percent of five hundred dollars so yeah if you haven't checked them out deposit at least 50 bucks over there get that free 50 and um you know take advantage of the awesome promo they're running over there with promo code um grinders jumping in to this slate um a lot of games to talk about a lot of games to talk about. Um, and we get started with Miami at Philly. Niedert against Wheeler. This game's in Philly, um, which is a definite bump for the Miami Bats. But, you know, when we're looking at this game overall, there's no total out for this game. But I think it's, you know, it's going to be somewhat high. Nieder is just somebody that is not missing bats and Philly's a good offense. So I think for the most part, you're staying away from Nick Niedert here. Um, on the other side of the game, I mean, Zach Wheeler's not a bad play. I think it's definitely going to come down to um, ownership on him. You know, is he going to be super popular or is he going to be low owned? I, I feel like, it could go either way because he is 10K, which is a lot. He's facing the Marlins, which is people love to play pitchers against the Marlins. So it will definitely be interesting to see. 11.3% swing and strike rate on the season, 26.7% strikeout rate. Uh, a huge tick um, up in the right direction on really, you know, XFIP and swing and strike rate, strikeout rate. All that stuff is up for Zach Wheeler and matchup as far as bats go in this game i mean i don't have a ton of interest in the marlins here jesus aguilar is 4800 so he's somebody that is really tough to like in this spot and you know zach wheeler a little bit better against righties typically throughout his career um so I don't really love this spot uh, for the Marlins. I, I mean, if you're going to play anybody, it's probably Duvall or Dickerson just because of their pricing, but I don't love either one of them. Um, on the Philly side of things, you know, obviously we'll have to see what's happening here um, with Bryce Harper. He's been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. Uh, Romuto has been dealing with a little bit of a wrist injury. So it will be it'd be interesting to see what their lineup looks like here. But yeah, I think I think they're in a great spot. Um they're expensive, but 
Neither is a pitch to contact type of guy, and Philly has a bunch of power in this lineup. Alex Bohm, thirty six hundred, is a great price. McCutcheon batting leadoff, forty four hundred. Hoskins, forty seven hundred. And then if Harper and these guys miss, it could open up guys like Brad Miller at three K. Um, I don't even know who else could potentially crack the lineup, um, or who would even like be the catcher here. Um, Raphael Marchin, I guess, um, at 2,100. So, you know, I'm excited uh, about playing him. Um, getting a catcher at 2,100 seems juicy. Seems juicy. Uh, Tampa at Baltimore. Luis Patino against Matt Harvey in this one. This game has an eight and a half total, and the Rays are 150 favorite in this one. Um, I mean, Luis Patino, even as a favorite, I don't think he's someone that you can play here. More of just, he doesn't pitch deep into games. I mean, until we see him really stretched out for a game, it's really hard to trust him at all. Um, You know, decent strikeout stuff, 30% K rate, 11.7% swing and strike rate on the season. It's just he's he's getting 65 pitches every time out. Um, so not even every time. Like, that is max right now. So, yeah, I, I think overall, um, if he if we, if we get any kind of news that he might end up pitching deeper into the game, I think that's where he would be um, very playable here. On the Baltimore side, Matt Harvey, I mean, he really hasn't been terrible this season outside of his last start against the Mets. He just pitched terrible. He's only allowed three home runs. Everybody is really, you know, stacking against Matt Harvey a lot. And outside of the last start, it really hasn't worked out. So I don't think you could play Matt Harvey at 6,600. I do think there's worse plays on the slate, but I, I don't see myself using Matt Harvey. 16% K rate on the season, 7% swinging strike rate, and a Sierra and XFIP over four and a half. Um, I, I just don't see the need to play Matt Harvey on a 14-game slate. So, uh, you know, Tampa Bats, Matt Harvey is someone that is kind of splits neutral. Um, so... I think when you're looking at playing hitters against him, where I think you attack him the most is right-handed power bat. So I think that's one of the reasons that a Rosarina is so expensive. Um, I think Austin Meadows at 3,800 is in play here. Zanino at 3,700. Margot at 3,700. Choi at 3,600. So, I don't mind looking at Tampa. I could definitely see using three of these guys as like a secondary stack, uh, depending on the ownership. But um, yeah, I think this is a, definitely a spot you're looking at some Tampa bats. I, I know stacking against Harvey hasn't worked a lot, so I don't know if I want a full five-man stack here. But I do think like a three-man stack of Tampa makes a lot of sense. On the Baltimore side of things, I mean, Patino's not been pitching terrible. 
And Mancini is probably my favorite, but he's super extensive. So, like, if you want to go Mullins at 4,300, I wouldn't talk you off of that. Hayes at 3,600. Um, I mean, Mount Castle's not bad. Galvis is not bad. They're not bad plays. They're just not my favorite plays. Moving on, we have the Mets and the Braves. Sapucky? Sapucky? Um, and Davidson facing off? I'm pretty sure. I know I know this is um, Tucker Davidson's first start of the season. Um, I just don't know. I guess it's Thomas Sapucky's first start of the season, too. Um, yeah, I don't think there's no total out for this game yet. All right. Starting with Sapucky, I guess. Um, and I, I'm definitely messing up his name. No doubt about it. He's a lefty. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is his first career start. I'll have to, I'm going to pull it up really quick. Um, Yeah, so this is his first major league start. Um, he's been pitching a little bit at AAA. Not a lot um, of innings or anything like that. I don't expect him to pitch too deep. His strikeout stuff doesn't seem too bad in AAA. Um, reading a report that he has a really good curveball. Um, so I just don't. I don't think you're playing him against the Braves in this spot. Uh, very good offense and. Yeah, I think this is a spot you're probably staying away from him. Tough first matchup. Tough, you know, going into Atlanta facing the Braves. Um, Davison on the other side of this game, he's 4K. Um, it is a 14-game slate, so I don't know if we'll necessarily need um, Tucker Davison here. But, uh, again, like, this is another young pitcher. It's more of just, um, you know, price. We, we saw... Um, Davidson was it last year 2019 we saw him a little bit yeah we saw him a little bit last year yeah he only pitched like an inning in two-thirds so not even a lot triple a this season um he's been really good at triple a it looks like 14.8 percent swinging strike rate 27.5 percent strikeout rate um I know he's a top 15 prospect in the Braves organization has good off-speed stuff um I, I mean He's 4K going up against the Mets. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Um, as far as bats in this game, and you got to remember, too, the Mets are without Conforto, McNeil. Um, I think Nimmo is out, too. Yeah, Nimmo is out, too. J.D. Davis um, is out. Like, I mean, with all these guys out for the Mets, I, I don't think Davison's the worst play. As far as the Mets bats go, Pete Alonso against a young lefty, obviously a lot of interest in him. Um, I don't even know what this lineup's going to look like. Plar, um, he got hit in the face on Monday with a pitch, so I don't even expect him to play in this game. I mean, Alonso, a ton of interest in Alonso, and. If Thomas um, Nitto is in there, I don't hate him as a cheap catcher play. 
I kind of like Davison more than I thought I was going to. Uh, as far as Atlanta goes, I, I like I said, I think they're a top stack on the slate. Um, young pitcher making his debut. I think it's going to be a rough one. Acuna, Ozuna, Albies, um, you know, the three best bats from this team, if you're, if you're stacking them. You could look to my good buddy, Jeff Mathis, um, at catcher. He's 2K. Um, Gotta love me some Jeff Mathis. We'll see if he's even in the lineup. Um, Austin Riley is another guy that I like Swanson and don't mind. But yeah, I like the Braves. I think this is a good spot for them. Boston at Toronto. We have Eduardo Rodriguez going up against Ryu. This game has a nine total. It opened at nine and a half. It's down to nine. Um, the Blue Jays are a minus one forty four favorite in this one. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez has struggled a little bit with righties this season. He's given up, um, you know, quite a bit. His what was a little bit high against righties. He's still striking out righties at a pretty high clip. Um, so I don't hate Eduardo Rodriguez. I like the price eighty eight hundred. Um, he threw 99 pitches in his last start, so we know the upside's there. I say it all the time, too. Um, I really like left-handed pitchers against Toronto. And then Ryu on the other side of this game. I mean, I don't think he's he's a terrible play in this one. I'm a little iffy because the Red Sox do have a lot of righties that they can throw at him, and Reuse, you know, three fifteen Woba against righties this season. Um, I just, I, I am a little concerned about the ballpark too. This, this ballpark in Florida is supposed to be very, um, very hitter friendly. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't love it. Eighty, eighty five degree weather in this game. Going to have massive wind blowing in, so I don't know if we have any data. I'll have to look at that, um, if that affects the ballpark or whatever. I think both these pitchers are in play. Um, as far as, like, the Boston bats, I mean, the power righties, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, um, Vasquez, if you want to pay up a catcher. Renfro at 3K, I think is solid. Dahlback at 2900 um, if you if you mix in these cheaper bats with the expensive bats, the stack is not that expensive. So don't mind the stack for Boston here, but I probably won't do it. Um, I like the total in this game, that's for sure. And then Toronto, I think they're a team you stack or kind of stay away from. Um, if Eduardo Rodriguez is on, he probably doesn't get beat up in this game. I mean, if he's struggling a little bit, Five of his six home runs this season have come against right-handed hitters, so um, I definitely would target righties against him, and they should have a bunch of righties in this lineup. We got Washington and Chicago um, facing off against each other here. It sounds like Patrick Corbin is going to be back from the paternity list um, and start this game from what I was reading. Um, and then Zach Davies is pitching. This game is currently sitting at a pick'em with no over/under because it is at uh, Wrigley. 
Looks like we're going to get a massive crosswind with some potential rain in this game. So we'll definitely be paying attention um, to Kevin Roth when it comes to this one, especially with the wind um, being, you know, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Uh, Starting with, you know, Corbin here. I mean, it's... It's not been it's not been a great start of the year um, to Corbin, eighteen percent K rate, eight percent walk rate, um, five point three x FIP on the season. Sixty one hundred is a fair price tag. He's coming off of his best game of the season. Um, he's he's a guy that can put up twenty plus fantasy points at sixty one hundred. Top of the Cubs lineup is going to look really good against lefties. The bottom of the lineup, probably not so much. Um, Hap, much better you know, from the left side of the plate. Horner, we haven't seen a ton of him. He's not bad. He walks at a really high clip and doesn't strike out a lot. Um, if Hayward's in there and Rizzo's in there, it's definitely a bump to Corbin. He's, he is good against lefties. Um, so if they leave a couple lefties in there, I think Corbin's in play at 6,100 as long as the wind is not blowing out and it's blowing more across the field and the weather holds off. Zach Davies on the other side of this game, he's just been awful this season. Um, I know he's had he had one good game a couple games ago. I think it was against Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was against Pittsburgh. He had a good game, but he only had one strikeout. Um, 13% K rate on the season, 12.6% walk rate, 6 xFIP. Um, just not missing any bats. Not Just no command whatsoever for Zach Davies right now. Um, I mean, it's not going to look sexy, but if the wind is blowing out, I think Washington is one of the top stacks on the slate. You know, Turner, Soto, Schwarber, uh, Zimmerman, Gomes. Harrison's having a good year. You can play Josh Bell over Zimmerman if you want to in this one, um, depending on who gets the start. So I hope it's Bell. But really, honestly, it doesn't matter. Like I said, Davies has really struggled to both sides of the plate and just has no command right now. So a couple walks and a bomb, and you're off to the races. So um, Cubs bats, I mean, they're another team that I think you can stack. Um, my problem with the Cubs here is the pricing. It's really it's going to be hard to stack Bryant and Baez and Contreras and Horner and those guys just because of like pricing. Um, I think that's the hardest part when looking at the Cubs. I think their team, you know, if Matt Duffy cracks the lineup, maybe you take a shot on him at thirty four hundred um, and, and just kind of look for cheaper bats here. But I don't love the Cubs because of pricing. But if the wind is blowing out, um, obviously it's way different. Um, yeah. Moving on. We got the White Sox and the Twins. Uh, it's Lance Lynn against Michael Pineda in this one. This one's sitting at an eight total. It's a pick em game. Starting with Lance Lynn, I mean... If Garver's out and Kepler's out, maybe we take a shot here on Lance Lynn with a potentially weaker lineup. 
Um, I don't love it because I still worry about like overall upside, but he's 9,800. Um, and that's like my biggest concern. So he just pitched well against this team last time out. They're a little banged up right now. Um, I think he's okay for tournaments. Um, so yeah. On the Minnesota side of things, Michael Pineda, um, you know, again, the White Sox, you know, no Jose Abreu right now. Um, so that's a, it's a downgrade in this lineup, but overall still a pretty solid lineup. Um, I, I just, I don't love Michael Pineda. I mean, he's been pitching good this season, so credit where credit's due. 8,300 seems like a lot. This game being a pick game is definitely interesting. Um, you know, Pineda is a guy that allows a lot of home runs, and that's always super concerning when playing him. But, I mean, if they roll out the same type of lineup that they rolled out on Monday, I think Pineda's super in play. The lineup they rolled out on Monday had a combined ISO of 127 and a 23% K rate on the season. So I think that that will be um, where Michael Pineda would be way more interesting. So on the other side of this one, as far as the bats go, I mean, I don't love the White Sox here. Anderson's expensive. Grindall's expensive. Moncada's not having a great year. I mean, I want to target some one-offs here just because Michael Pineda throws pitches over the middle of the plate and they go over the fence almost all the time. I think guys that I'd play, I'd play like Adam Eaton if he's in the lineup. Um, Maybe Vaughn if he's in the lineup at 2100. That's kind of where I would look. I'd try to find that like cheaper home run. Um, the other side, I mean, the Twins lineup is really rough right now, and Lance Lynn is a good real-life pitcher. They don't really have that like left-handed power bat. Probably going to stay away from the Twins. I like Lance Lynn more than I should. I'll just say that. I like Lance Lynn. More than I should. Lance Lynn has a th- almost a 38% K rate against righties this season. And Donaldson, Cruz, Garver, if he's in the lineup, Snow, Garlic. Like, it, it should be a very right-handed heavy lineup. So I think Lance Lynn is someone that you're really paying attention to the lineup and kind of adjusting, you know, depending on what the lineup looks like. Pittsburgh at St. Louis. Uh, Brubaker against Gantz in this one. This game is currently sitting at a seven and a half total. Cardinals are Cardinals are a one forty favorite in this one. Um, Brubaker is seventy six hundred in this spot. I mean, he's just he's thrown over ninety pitches one time this season, and he's only scored over twenty fantasy points one time. Seventy six hundred is not bad. Um, you know, decent strikeout stuff against righties at 26.7%. Going to face quite a bit of righties in this lineup. Um, I don't hate him in this spot. And then 
John Gant on the other side of this game. I mean, Pittsburgh's bad. And he wasn't able to put up a big game against Pittsburgh earlier this season. So he just can't throw strikes. He should be pitching so much better than he actually is uh, because he can't throw strikes. Like you look at his ERA, super solid. You look up at like he has a 1.83 ERA and a 5.84 Sierra and a 1.63 whip um, under 10% swinging strike rate. Like, I mean, the matchup is nice and the price is nice. If John Gann is popular, I'm out. If he's going to be low owned, I'll probably take some shots. Um, as far as bats go in this game, I mean, I don't. I mean, one offs of like Goldschmidt at forty three hundred, I think is fine. If you need one of these cheaper bats to just kind of fill in, um. I don't mind it. Um, yeah, just I don't I don't love it. Not my favorite spot for bats on this. It's a big slate. I think if you like I said, if you want to play some potential value or something, um, I don't hate going down that road. But yeah, uh, moving on, we got the Yankees and the Rangers. Um, Tyon against Fulton Um, nine total in this game. Yankees a one seventy five favorite. Gonna be raining a lot, but obviously there's a roof um, on this one and. It really just comes down to teams getting to the field and playing. Um, as far as the Yankees, like Tyon at 7,400, I think he's going to be the chalk pitcher on the slate. He is a guy that, you know, can strike people out. And this is a lineup that, you know, can easily be dominated and that strikes out a lot. So I think Tyon with his 30% K rate on the season um, is very much in play and probably, like I said, going to be chalk. I don't mind fading him if he's chalk for what it's worth or being underweight on him if he's chalk. But I do think he is, you know, one of the better pitchers on the slate um, matchup and everything is, con- you know, considering the matchup. Uh, Fulton Evich, I mean, Fulty is decent against righties and really bad against lefties. And this is a very right-handed heavy lineup. Um, he's 5,600. I don't think this is a spot you can play him if you're playing like three entry max, but if you're playing like a 150 teams, I don't think he's the craziest option um, on the slate. So as far as bats for me, uh, the Yankees, like, I mean, it's the normal suspects here. It's, it's judge. I really like with Torres and Stanton out um, for the Yankees and Hicks out. I think we have potential for Brett Gardner to have a decent lineup spot in this game. If that happens, he's 2,700. And if for some reason Tyler Wade gets a decent lineup spot, he's 2,400. And like I said, I love lefties against Fulton Evich. He's bad um, against lefties. So if they were to crack the lineup, it would make this um, Yankee stack so much more interesting. Like I want Mike Ford in the lineup. Like, if they can get some of these, like, big-time power lefties in there, um, like Mike Ford, who's either going to strike out or hit a home run, 
Fulte only has like a 15% K rate against lefties on the season, and he's allowing almost a 50% fly ball and 50% hard hit rate against lefties. So guys like Mike Ford would be super interesting. As far as Texas goes, I never hate playing Nate Lowe or Joey Gallo's one-offs um, or even playing them together. I think uh, Garcia is someone else you could play as a one-off. Like he's another guy that's just been hitting a ton of home runs this season. So any of those guys – um, I think are playable here. Milwaukee at Kansas City. We got Woodruff against Chris Bubick. Um, I think Woodruff is the best pitcher on the slate. Um, he's obviously the most expensive pitcher on the slate. Like you can make arguments for Wheeler and Lance Lynn, but I I think that this is a spot you're playing Woodruff. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to play him. And um, I think they're they're that's the right play. 33% K rate, 14% swing and strike rate on the season. Been absolutely fantastic. Home run per nine at 0.55. Um, whip under one. Sierra under three. Um, there's nothing bad to say, really, when it comes to, um, you know, Brandon Woodruff in this game. And he's actually pitched a little bit better um, on the road. Very small sample size, obviously, but a little bit better on the road this season. But, yeah, I love Woodruff. Like I said, I think he's the top player on the slate, and this is a great spot going up against Kansas City. Uh, Chris Bowick on the other side. I mean, he's a lefty facing Milwaukee. Um, (laughs) There's always interest. There's always interest. I mean, it really comes down to, like, do we need him at 4K? And what type of ownership is he going to have? So, um, I mean, there's worse things than you can do than play Chris Bubbick here. Um, I mean, you're really worried about, like, two guys, Garcia and Kane? Um, I think he's in play. I think he's in play. It's 4K. There's plenty of bats on the slate. Um, as far as bats go for Milwaukee, like if you're not playing Bubbick, Kane and Garcia are both good value plays on the slate. Avicel's 3,300, Kane's 3,300. If they get a cheap catcher in there like Manny Pena, maybe you could play the three of those guys and make like a secondary stack just full of cheap guys or even like Tyrone Taylor, if he bats leadoff or bats second here um, at 2,400. And then as far as Kansas City, I have zero interest in these guys. No interest whatsoever. Uh, Moving on, we got Cleveland at LA uh, taking on the Angels in this one. Zach Plesic against Andrew Heaney, uh, eight total. Angels a 148 favorite in this one. as far as like Zach please, goes, Mike Trout left the game on um, Monday with a, like, I think they said it was a calf injury. So like this actually might be a, a somewhat watered down lineup um, with Fletcher kind of banged up. And like Fletcher's not a guy that you're ever worried about, like taking you deep, but he's a guy that gets on base um, and he's like a pesky guy. So, if those two guys are out of the lineup, like you're really just kind of worried about like Rendon, Otani, and Walsh, which are all very good bats. Um, and I guess Upton. I probably won't play Plezik, 
But again, he's another guy. Like if you're playing a bunch of teams that I could see taking some shots on. And then uh, Andrew Heaney on the other side. I mean, it's it's a hit or miss spot. Like I, I you know, anytime you think of Andrew Heaney, it's a hit or miss spot. I mean, there's there's definite upside facing Cleveland in this spot. Um, I mean, I don't hate the idea of taking a shot on Heaney. And then as far as, like, Cleveland bats go, I mean, Leplo Reyes are fine. Ramirez um, is okay. Ramirez is like 2,200 if he bats like fifth or sixth. It's not the worst play. Is a good power numbers against left-handed pitching and a really, really high contact numbers against left-handed pitching this season. He's 2,200. So, um, I mean, yeah, that's. I think that's you're kind of looking for these cheap righties or even like full-on stacking, you know, especially a head stack if you're playing some Heaney. And I think you're, I think you're playing some Heaney on this spot. So. And then as far as the Angels go, if if it's nothing for Trout and it was just per, precautionary, um, and he's in the lineup, I don't hate it. But Rendon, Otani, Walsh, they're both, all three of these guys are under 5K. So I think all three of them are playable. More of a secondary stack for me than like a full-on stack. Uh, Houston at Oakland, eight, eight total in this game. It's a pick game. Javier against Sean Manaya. Um, starting here with Christian Javier on the season, not bad numbers, 12.2% swinging strike rate, 29% K rate, uh, really good whip. Sierra is decent. Um, it's not the greatest, but not the worst matchup in the world here going up against Oakland. He put 26 up against this team earlier this season and put up nine against this team. So I think he has a high ceiling, low floor and, Definitely playable at 9,200, depending on ownership. And then Sean Manaya on the other side of this game, you're just always worried about taking a lefty against this team. I mean, Sean Manaya is not a bad pitcher. He has really decent numbers on the season. It's just, I mean, this is this is a tough matchup for anybody. And, you know, you look at his numbers against righties this season, much worse against righties than lefties, and they're going to throw, especially if Alvarez doesn't crack the lineup, they're going to throw a lot of righties um, at him. So I know Alvarez didn't play Sunday, and if they sit him again here, um, it's just adding probably another right-handed bat. Like Brantley and Tucker might be the only two lefties. So um, as far as the Houston bats go, I mean, I don't want to stack against Manaya. I, I think that's this is kind of a write-off game in general. I, I think, like, if you wanted to play Bregman or Gariel or Correa, the problem is they're just all so expensive that it's just really hard to play in these guys at, any, at their prices. So, um, and as far as Oakland goes, Javier, you know, definitely a little bit better against righties, so I would play lefties against him and, I mean, Jed Lowry is okay. Matt Olson at 4K is definitely solid. If you want to throw like a third person in there and go Chapman or Kana, I think that's where you would find like your secondary stack here for Oakland. 
Arizona going up against the Dodgers. Man, the Dodgers just can't catch a break as far as injuries go this season. Uh, been a rough year for them. We have Kelly against Urias in this one. No total in this game yet. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, starting here with Kelly. I mean, I know the Dodgers are banged up in this spot, like just in general right now, but I don't see myself using Merrill Kelly. 17% K rate, really struggles with lefties and just facing, even with the injuries, a really solid lineup. Like, Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not playing Kelly. Urias on the other side. I mean, he's definitely somebody that's playable depending on like ownership on everybody else in this range. Arizona has not been the worst team against lefties this season. Urias has shown some really strong outings. Has a 27% K rate on the season. Striking out lefties and righties around the same clip, um, around like 26%, a little bit higher for lefties. Um, I think Urias is super playable here. And then as far as like the Arizona bats go, like, I mean, who are you really playing? Like Kelly's banged up. He might even be out. Um, You know, I know... Like, Marte is getting close, but I don't expect him back for this game yet. Um, I mean, I don't really see myself playing anybody from Arizona here, and that's one of the reasons why I like Urias. And the Dodgers, like, obviously Mookie Betts and Muncie are very playable. Um, you might get some cheaper Dodgers in here, like if Matt Beattie plays or Lux plays. Um, you know, you could potentially get some of these cheaper Dodgers bats in there. You know, obviously, we got to remember that, like, Albert Pujols is there, too, and, <laughs> and like, Yoshi. Um, yeah, I just – if Yoshi plays at 2,200, can't play him and Muncie together, which kind of stinks, but he would be, you know, somewhat playable in this spot. Uh, moving on, we got the Rockies at San Diego taking on the Padres. Um, seven total in this game. Padres a massive 206 favorite in this one. Uh Gomber against Snell. I don't think you're playing Gomber in this spot. It's a lefty against the Padres. They're gonna throw a lot of righties at him. This guy has a 352 Woba, 202 ISO, um, 43% hard hit rate against righties this season. I know you look up and down the Padres lineup this season. They haven't been great against lefties, but I, I think this is a spot you're definitely staying away from playing Gomber. And then on the other side of this game, I mean, Blake Snell's 8,900. He just hasn't been Blake Snell. Um, I mean, he pitched decent against the or against the Rockies in cores in his last start. And, 8,900 seems like he's a guy that has a really high ceiling, but it just, man, he hasn't pitched. I don't think he's pitched more than what? Five and a third on the year. I I know uh, it's just, 
It doesn't seem like the ceiling's there because of the walks and everything. I don't hate taking shots on snow in tournaments. Um, I think projection models and stuff are going to love him here because it obviously takes in a larger sample size. But he has a 15% walk rate on the season. He's definitely struggling a little bit with command. And he's walking righties at a really high clip of like 16% on the year. So a lot of hard contact, a lot of walks against righties. Um, I mean, they're not the best righties, but they're going to throw a lot of righties at Snell here. So if he's going to be really chalky, I'll probably fade him. If he's going to be low on, I'll probably have some exposure to him. If he's going to be really chalky, I, I really don't hate getting some exposure to guys like Trevor Story, um, Joe. Um, if Hampson cracks the lineup and he has a decent spot, he has really good numbers against lefties this season. Um, so I, I you could definitely make a three-man um, Rocky stack. And, like, Connor Joe is so expensive uh, or so cheap. You know, you get a first baseman with a little bit of power at 2,500 against um, Snell, who's struggling a little bit with command. I don't hate that idea um, if he's going to be chalky. As far as the Padres go, obviously, um, you know, Tatis tested positive for COVID, so he's out. Machado's um, obviously a great play. I mean, like, Fam is in there, and he's another guy that you can play um, in this one against the lefty. It, Machado, Fam. Gosh, I guess they're not going to be. With Tatis out, like, I think Myers, like, he's out too, right? Um, they're both out with COVID on the COVID list that takes away two of their good right-handed bats. Um, Oh man. If Gomber was a little bit better or if this lineup is like super left-handed heavy, maybe take shots, but I, I still don't see myself doing it here. Uh, we finish it out with the Tigers and the Mariners Turnbull against Justin Dunn. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, this is this is a eight total. The Mariners are a one twenty five favorite in this game. As far as like Spencer Turnbull goes, low strikeout guy, low walk guy. Um, not going to give up a ton of power. Going to get a lot of ground balls, but the problem with like Turnbull in this spot is Haniger Seager. Marmaleos um, are all fly ball guys. So I don't see myself playing Turnbull here. And then on the other side, Justin Dunn. I mean, there's worse people to play on this slate, but I, I still don't see myself using Justin Dunn. Um, almost a high as his walk rate is almost as high as a strikeout rate a little bit better against righties. Doesn't give a ton of power to righties. Um, but yeah, as far as bats in this game, I mean, I don't mind any of the cheap bats in this game. You know, this is probably my favorite bet right now. Uh, the over in this game, what is it at eight? Is that what I said? I would definitely be taking the over in this game. Um, currently minus minus one fifteen for eight. So 
any cheap bat in this game, like they're all cheap. So any of these bats really are in play. Um, yeah, these guys are really cheap. So I definitely plan on using some of these guys, even one-offs or even secondary stacks. Um, like Jared Kalinick um, is 2,900 and could potentially bat leadoff here for Seattle. And we know he's super talented. Um, so, yeah, I think this is definitely a spot to look at some of these cheap bats, like Kyle Seeger, 4,200. And then, like, even the Detroit bats, like Candelario, um, Grossman, Goodrum, Ramos, like any of these guys for Detroit um, that are cheaper, I think, are are definitely in play as well. Uh, morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. 14 games in the books. Uh, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Um. I mean, I'm going to go all the way to the bottom and say Chris Bubbick. Um, yeah, I don't think he's a terrible play today. Over 8K to score under 15, my bust of the day. I mean, I have to go Blake Snell. Uh, actually, give me Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya against Houston. Uh, over 4K 